Brooklyn here. We have one of the nicest MCs coming out of Brooklyn, New York, Coney Island. He goes by the name of Lil D here. He's really making an impression on the hip-hop world and, and saving it to the, the fact that, that all these hip-hop legends are wanting to work with him and collaborate him and reach out for support. We have one of the nicest. You got to support him if you really love this hip-hop culture, that real hip-hop. Lil D. Lil D, what's going on, man? How's your night going? I'm chilling, man. Just chilling. You know, uh, got home from school. Uh, you know, just chilling right now. Almost graduating? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This year, uh, in June, finally. You know, it's been a long time coming. But I, I really enjoyed my time in high school, though. But I, it's time for a change, no doubt. A time for scenery. Have you thought about any plans of attending college? Yeah, um, I'm actually uh, I'm about to accept the offer after I get off this uh, after I get off this Zoom. But uh, I'm gonna I'm I'm going to LIU Brooklyn for uh, the rock the Rock Nation program. Uh, Jay Z just opened up a program there where you like can learn how to produce beats and everything. So it's like, you know, I think that that's the best case scenario for me, if anything. That's big. Good. You didn't choose St. John's. Good. They don't have a great music program. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, um, man, love St. John's, though, bro, for real. Yeah, the representing well, New York out here. But congratulations on LIU. Is that what your major's going to be then? Is the, the program yeah. with Jay-Z starting? Yeah, music production would be my uh, my major. That's great, man. And you're going to make a lot of connections there, too. Yeah, I mean, uh, when I was at the kind of like the information session that they were doing, they were saying, like, they, they hook people up with internships, like in all their programs. And like, I mean, I, they left a really great impression on me when I went to go and see the school. So I'm just hoping that my time there reflects what they showed me. But I mean, I, I can't see it not. It, it's the, literally the only program like that in the world. Like, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. But, you know, my plan is to kind of learn the ins and outs of whatever program they teach. Uh, like I'm talking about like, producing software like whether it's logic or you know something else like if i if i learn that you know learn the ins and outs learn how to really make beats and then after college i want to kind of just like lock myself in the studio and and not come out until i make like the dopest album i possibly could you know what i mean so you want to get into self-producing then hell yeah Yeah. uh you know i feel like and i would definitely produce for other people you Mm -hmm. know what i mean Cause it's good to have that too. You know, J Cole does that. Eminem does that, you know, they're Dr. Dre, of course, Kanye, Mm -hmm. but it's like, I feel like as an artist, you can't get your like artistic vision out a hundred percent. If you don't know how to make the beats yourself, I feel like, you know, obviously you'll have the assistance of other people, but it's like Kanye wouldn't be able to make like my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. If he didn't have his, his, his ideas in order and, and being able to put that down into the software and on the piano and everything, you know? So I feel like that's the only way to really make a, a, a really genius album. And of course it's been done without it, you know, but that that's my goal. Mm-hmm. Who have been the producers that you've been tapped in with so far, especially on another day on the Island and they call me Danny James. Who have been the producers that you've been tapped in with so far? Because I see when you go look at the bottom at Apple music, when you're looking at the, the, C distribution at the bottom says the craft makers. Yeah. Um, I work with, uh, I, the first project I did, I worked with, uh, Marco Polo and, uh, his guys, DJ Skiz and Shiloh to beat Yoda. I haven't spoken to them in a, in a minute, but, uh, that project is dope. I mean, I'm, I'm a lot better now. 
uh, at rapping, but at the time, you know, it was a really dope project, and it still is, it still bops on that. ADHD, my song. Uh, is That's very my favorite happy. one. Yeah, I, I feel like I could have written that now. You know what I mean? Like, there's some songs that are just like that, but yeah, they did a phenomenal job on the production. Uh, the last project I did, my man Q produced it uh, from the Craftmakers, and uh, yeah, but lately I've just been working with a, a variety, you know. Um, I'm about to get some beats from my man Domingo. You got, uh, you know, my man Short Fuse. We just did a, a joint together. Just a lot of a lot of different people. My my guy Neff will probably do a joint together soon, a few of them. I'm just working with whoever, you know what I mean? I have a song, Jalil Beats, uh, sent me. That's, that's probably like the biggest industry one that I'm. I, I'm working with right now, but uh, yeah, he sent me this dope beat with the Wu Tang Cream sample on it, like with some like early 2000s Meek Mill like anthem drums on it. So I, I think that one's gonna be dope for sure. But right now I'm just working with whoever. You know, I've been in feature mode. I've been making whatever kind of song comes my way, and I've just been very just flowing artistically. I'm not working towards an EP right now or an album. I'm just working with whoever, doing my thing, and uh, maybe an EP will come of it, but I'm just trying to stay consistent. You know what I mean? I know that you've had some work with Terminology, too. He's someone that's been supporting you. And Static Select has brought you up to his radio show a few times. You spit a crazy freestyle on there. Yeah, Static Static is my man. Shout out to Static. You know, Static has always done right by me, and I'm, I'm very appreciative of, of what he's done. You know, like, just imagine I, I was a fan of Static for a long time, like, before... Like I knew him or before I even started rapping, just the as whole Joey badass movement. Yeah. Like all the early pro era stuff. And, you know, he just produced for a lot of legends, made a lot of my favorite songs, you know, Detroit versus everybody. A lot of people don't know that that was his beat. That's right. Like with Emmett and big Sean. And, you know, he made a lot of anthems and a lot of songs that inspired me coming up. So, you know, just being able to be in the presence of him is an honor still to this day. You know, I, I still don't get used to it really, but uh, then when I was like 13, 14, he brought me out on stage in front of 6,000 people before Ja Rule went on uh, in Bushwick. And that was really dope. Nice of him to do. And he, he he told me, you know, whenever I need to promote a song or something just to come up to shade, like he got me. And he's a real good dude. And yeah, me and Term have a, me and Term have a song coming soon on Term's next solo EP. That's what he said. But uh I'm also uh, on Terminology's new compilation album with uh, Element. Uh, I have my own solo track on there too. So yeah, but I've been I've been in the studio with them a good amount this year, more than I ever have before. So it's just good to be in the company of people I consider legends. You know, what that's I mean? huge. And, and how does it feel to be embraced and co-signed by the legend? And you see people like Big Daddy Kane commenting on your freestyles too, which is that's a huge stamp in the real hip hop world because the kids today they don't even know who Big Daddy Kane is, which is insane. Yeah, Kane is uh just you know I kind of got used to it a lot of people showing love but like when Kane showed love to me it was like insane to me and and I hit him with a happy new year text uh right when uh January rolled around and I uh he he wrote me like a paragraph just telling me how like he believes in me and how he really wants me to make it and like this imagine like this is one of my biggest inspirations and Redman does the same thing when I when I was in the presence of Method Man he said the same type of thing and it's like 
you know, these are guys that are on my like top list of MCs and it, it just feels very good to be appreciated by people who helped me become the person I am today. I, I want to get into to your backstory because your father was the one that introduced you to hip hop. You were going to play mini golf, going to the movie theaters, going to bowling, and he was driving you around and playing these old school hip hop tapes, Big L, Big Pun, Wu-Tang, Jay-Z, Biggie. And that's how you really got your flow going and inspiration from him becoming a rapper. And one day you went to, to your father and you said, I want to be a rapper. Yeah. Uh, you know, he played a, he played a very big part in, in just the love of music in general, you know, uh, but hip hop was always my love. You know, I loved hip hop always. And he was very supportive. You know, he didn't care what anybody thought. He didn't, you know, no was never an, an option for him. And he just supported me all the way through. And it's great to have a support system like that from, and, and he's my best friend. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of people, you know, my age are ashamed to say something like that, but I will never be ashamed to say, you know, because because when I was younger, I didn't have a lot of friends. You know, I have I have I have my close boys now, you know, shout out my guy, Chris, my guy, Tommy, my guy, AJ, shout out to my boy, Jesse. But, you know, I. Uh, I, I didn't have a lot of friends coming up and, and he took it upon himself to to make sure I was happy and make sure that life was good for me before I even realized what was going on in the world around me. So when it came to my career, he was just supportive and it didn't, it didn't matter what it was. You know, I could have said that I wanted to invent something or whatever. He would have been behind me a hundred percent, but the fact that it was music, you know, he loves music so much. So he was even that more passionate and, and we did it together really. I know he he is your best friend. You've said that before. I've heard you in other interviews say that. And you didn't have a lot of friends in school. And I didn't either. You're someone that stayed close to yourself. And I think once the fame started to come, did you see differences in that? Because then once you started becoming friends with some certain people, then you saw the jealousy come about. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a wild thing because it's just crazy going from an environment of hate in middle school to going into an environment of love in high school, like the first period I had in high school, people were taking pictures with me. So it was like, it was insane to me. But the, the craziest thing is like, you know, I would make friends and first two months of my friendship with whoever would be great. You know, they'd be showing love, they'd be showing support. But then, you know, I'm human. They see that they, I have my own issues. I have my own problems, just like they do. And, you know, they'll hear me complain about, oh, I got to take this test Monday or whatever. And, and they'll realize that I'm no different than them, which really, I mean, I'm different than them in the sense that I've made a name for myself and I have this talent that's going to take me to the next level in life instead of just being regular. And regular is not a bad thing, but it's like, that's not my goal. And they'll realize that they're headed for regular when we come from the same place, same family upbringing, same school system, same opportunity, and jealousy starts to come in, you know, and then they'll see the way I am with the girls and they'll see how people run up to me and, and try and, you know, dap me up and be cool with me. And I'm a nice guy, so I'm cool to everybody. And they just see the love. And when you see so much love and you're a jealous guy, 
or a jealous girl or a jealous whatever you are like if you're jealous inside that that love that i'm getting will turn into hate for you i've had so many falling outs just with so many different groups of people just because people couldn't handle that i was becoming something and they were staying where they were but you know the crazy thing is i, I don't think i've ever even said this out loud anywhere really but it's like I'm the type of guy where if you prove you're loyal to me and you show me love, like I'll take you with me. Like I, I watch Entourage mm-hmm. and like, I would love that. You know, I'd love to go out to Hollywood with my best friends and live in a house with them and, you know, make it, but have my, my childhood friends with me. But the thing is a lot of people can't see the big picture, but I think it's good that those types of people don't see the big picture because it shows me where they really stand. But right now I got my people, you know, and uh, I really love my people that I got with me right now. You know, always show love, always show support, always write with me. Like if you watch the rap battle I just did, you'll see two of them with me. The show I did last night, you know, my boy was front and center in the front row. And it's just a lot of support and a lot of love and, and no hate, no jealousy. It's a lot of just wanting to see me win. And, and the way I act towards them reflects that, you know what I mean? Like, I, I love these kids for real, but, you know, people can't see the big picture when it comes to things like that. All they think about is themselves and the fact that they they wish. Yeah. And they try to capitalize off you. Oh, trust me. I, I've, I, I was in your shoes once when I was in college. I lost all my friends in college because I was so successful with my shows and getting big people on, please. I left all those pathetic people behind me. And you got to keep your school, you got to keep your circle small and you can't yeah. trust anybody. And I'm loyal to a fault. And that's what you are. Because you said that if you're loyal to me, I'll take you with me. But it's even in the industry, too. You know what I mean? Like, I'm the type of guy where, like, I'm a businessman, but I'm not, like, a typical guy like that. You know what I mean? It's about family. And if you do right by me, then I will consider you family. And when I become something in the future bigger than I am today and I have resources, I'm not going to forget about that. I'm not one of those people that, going to take anybody for granted you know i've been taking for granted my whole life so i I don't i don't do that i know how it feels but again people can't see the big picture but you know what everything happens for a reason and uh i'm glad i'm not in the places that i i I was before you know in past friend groups and past relationships because honestly if somebody was in your life and they're not in your life right now there's a reason for that and uh they also taught me a lot of lessons so if anything i'm thankful that i had those experiences and it helped me grow up and it built character and it built maturity and it pushed me harder in this rap shit at the end of the day. So, you know what? Shout out to the people that, you know, weren't able to see the big picture, you know, cheers to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they didn't see the big picture like big Al. Mm. One of the greatest albums ever. Yeah. A hundred percent. Everyone always says that the first one is the better album lifestyles of the poor and dangerous, but I like the big picture better. Lifestyles of the Poor and Dangerous had a, uh, I guess, I, I'm not going to say message, but it was more of like a unity between the tracks. They were all like meant to be. It was all those gritty type drums, with those hardcore, like two o'clock in the morning, you're about to get robbed walking alone in the street type beats, you know? So yeah. it was like all of that. It, it had the same type of vibe. So I guess sonically, it was a better album altogether 
like listening to it all the way through. But I just feel that the longevity on uh, the big picture is 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 different. Is real different. It's hard. You know, you got flamboyant. You got fullback. Ninety-eight deadly combination. Platinum plus deadly combination where casualties of a dice game. Casualties, yeah, for real. You know, you got a lot of dope tracks on that, and I feel like you know the the features tried to show out and do their best, but Big L still came hard posthumously you know what i mean so it's like it, it just shows you how dope he really was and I, I wish he was still around like a lot of people always ask me who i would bring back to life uh and if i could bring people back to life i would bring all of them back to life but if i could only choose like two you know i'd probably choose ellen pun just to see where they would go a lot of people would say biggie and tupac but i feel like they, they made such an impact. And I wish I would have seen Biggie grow more for sure. Cause I, I, you know, I'm born in New York. Like Biggie was always my thing, but uh, just feel like Big L and Big Pun didn't even get the chance. No, they're, they're unsung martyrs. They're heard, but they're unsung in a way. Man. I mean, like with Pun, like still not a player is, is the mainstream joint, but there's, it's so much deeper than that. And and his skill was just out of this world. And I would have loved to see where they would have gone, you know? Super lyrical. Yeah. That song's crazy. Beware. You ain't a killer. Whole album was crazy. One of the best. That's one of the best hip hop albums too, ever. I agree. 22 years Pun. ago, actually, if you saw on Twitter earlier, it was the day that Pun died today. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Heartbreaking. I wish, I mean, I need to start keeping track of these birthdays, man, so I can line up the beats for Instagram. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, it's so tragic, man. Rest in peace, Big Pun. And, and shout out to Chris Rivers because, you know, that's his son, for those of you who don't know. Uh, and he carries Pun's legacy, super lyrical, real hip hop. And I think that anybody who fucks with Pun and fucks with real hip hop and just feels like real hip hop isn't getting represented. Just go check out Chris Rivers for sure, man. Yeah. And it's like, he's so dope. So shout out to him. Shout out to Chris Rivers, man. How was that transition to your newest EP, They Call Me Danny James, because it was different from Another Day on the Island? Uh, I wanted to try something different. And I wanted to just show people I can make hits and I have versatility. But I mean... Yeah, I think it's a great project and I I listen to it all the way through and I love, you know, every second of it. Like I really love that project. And I feel like, you know, a lot of people listen to it and liked it, but in years to come when I when I really do start popping, like people are gonna go back and listen to it and, and really realize how dope it really was. But uh you know, in a way I wish I would have put boom bap shit on that project because I feel like I kinda left where like my roots in the cold for an entire project. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's still a dope project, but I, I came differently at this one, just my whole process of writing the inspirations behind it. But yeah, I'm, I'm getting back on my boom bap shit though. And uh, yeah, just look out for that. Cause I, uh, I just got the mix and mastered version of my new single back today. So I'm dropping shit soon. That's fire. No, but I enjoyed your newest project for the bag that was shot actually inside of the Coney Island amusement park. How was that? Did you have to get yeah. a permit to shoot inside of there? Nah. No. Nah. I did it. 
You know, sometimes you just do it. But yeah, no, I mean, I have connections to the people at Luna Park and the people at Dino's and shout out to all the businesses in Coney Island, the amusement parks. You know, I grew up in there, but uh, it's not like a a Disney World type thing where you got to get a permit to do it. You can just do it. Mm -hmm. I think you had a photo of the tickler in there, too, in there in that video. Yeah, that's, you know, Coney Island's classic, you know, Brooklyn classic, a a legendary spot. And I'm glad it's still around because, you know. Like in Rockaway, like Rockaway Playland, people, most people don't even know it existed. If my father wasn't around, I, I wouldn't have even known it was a thing. So many just legendary spots in New York tear down and changed and jumped the shark. But, you know, Coney Island's still up and running and, and it's, a, it's a great thing. But, yeah, I love my last project. I really do. I feel like, uh, you know, if you like that Drake type of slow uh, love song type vibe, but like, you know, bars. Uh, listen and don't worry. If you're more of a Joyner Lucas logic trap shit type guy, check out my song Whoa. You know, Golden Child, if you like that melodic rap. And, you know, if you like lyrical hip hop, it's just literally lyrical hip hop on trap beats so that I could show the younger generation and, and just anybody that you can't put me in a box and I'm still going to stay lyrical. And I could do it all and I could do it better than the front runners or the people that are doing it. But, same time, you know, I was trying to appeal to an audience that won't care about you unless you're viral. And it's like, you know, I can't just spend my life trying to please everybody. I'm going to please, please myself. People that that put me in the position that I am today to be able to say I have a fan base and, and do the things that I do. So I'm back on my boom bap shit. You know, I'm working on it. I'm doing stuff and a lot of music coming out soon for real. I'm looking forward to that and run it up. If you think about it, you, you have the, the drill beat on there. So you were able to prove that hey, I could do drill too. Yeah. I like the drill stuff coming out right now. You know, it, at first I was skeptical about it, but you know, I like pop smoke two, two G's. Uh, he's dope. And, and uh, I met him uh, right before the pandemic happened. He was very nice to me. Showed me love, you know, guys like Busy Banks, like I, I dig all that stuff. And I, I think it's dope. You know, I just wish that hip hop would kind of everybody would be able to coexist. Like, I like all this stuff, but I don't consider it hip hop like Mob Deep and Wu-Tang. No, I, I just agree. wish we could coexist. Because I, I try and say this in every interview just to get the idea running. You know, I think just like how rock has a million different subgenres and house music has a million different subgenres, hip hop should have, you know, Boom bap hip hop, uh, melodic hip hop, drill hip hop, you know, trap hip hop. I think it should have all kinds of different lanes. And that way we can all coexist and we can all do our thing and, and live in harmony together. But I, I mean, I've grown a lot. When I was younger, I had so much hatred inside me toward that type of stuff because I just felt like people weren't giving love to the real. And I don't think people are giving love to the real still to this day. I agree. But it's like, it's not like it was where it'll be the mainstream stuff. But, you know, I used to, I used to give so much hate and, and I don't, I'm not about that anymore. You know, I feel like even if I don't like your music, you are out here doing your thing. It takes grind. It takes hard work. It takes time. Uh, And at the end of it, you know, if you, if you're fortunate enough to make it, and stay in the game and stay relevant and you buy yourself a house and you pull your mom out and, and, and you, you buy your family nice things and take care of your friends. You know, I think that's a great thing. And no matter what, that's a beautiful thing. And I'm glad that they were able to do that. I just feel like 
we all need a place in this. I agree, man. I couldn't agree more with you. And I have my own opinions on why the real hip hop isn't accepted. What What is your reason when it comes down to it? And even if you don't have the same mindset as you used to, because you feel as though still that it doesn't get the respect that it's well deserved, it should be respected. Yeah. What's your opinion on why it isn't? Uh, I, heard, I think I heard Jazzo say one time when I was sitting in on one of his interviews that the labels were kind of taking that like three, six mafia Atlanta sound and mainstreaming that seeing all the success that it was getting in the early two thousands. And that's why, you know, uh, it, it became what it is and developed from there and the whole T-Pain thing. But, uh, I, I love T-Pain too. T-Pain was dope. T-Pain still is dope, but I, I just feel like, you know what? Things change, obviously. Uh, I don't think there's a real reason for it. I just feel like it just kind of shifted. And I'm not saying it needs to shift all the way back. I think that it can still continue to grow, but we need room. That's all I, agree I, with I, you. I, I We need room. J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar can't be the only two lyrical rappers that people talk about. You know, J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar made their, made their debut in, in the early 2010s. You know what I mean? This is old news. And I love them and they're, they're inspirations to me. And they, they're still dropping dope music to this day. But we need room. They can't be the yeah. only two figureheads. Oh, you have more people yeah. out here. How about, how about Benny? How about Dave East? How about some other yeah, guys? Yeah, no, they're doing their thing too. And shout out to Benny. I just dropped a freestyle on my Instagram over uh, Johnny P's caddy. Uh, like literally five minutes before I, I came on here. Oh, but, that's uh, tough. I'll have to check it out. Check not, it out. Everyone's listening right Chris now. Elder is doing their thing. My boy Nems is doing his thing. Shout out to Nems. You know, he, he's, he's doing his thing. I just feel like OT The Real, Millie's, mm. all these guys are, are opening up the door wider. God bless. I'm glad, finally. Uh, but I just feel like, you know, th- there, there needs to be room. They got to open up the door and make room. I feel like if Mob Deep came out today, they wouldn't be recognized. No. Like they were. Shook Ones would just be an underground classic. Which breaks my heart, you know? It's insane. It's in these radio stations, not the Sirius XM satellite ones. I'm talking about the two majors in New York City. It's just unbelievable. You call it where hip-hop lives. You don't have anything that's authentic hip-hop playing on your stations. But it's insane, man. I understand the politics that go on. I don't know why it happens. Like, if I was in charge of these major stations, I'd be playing what you're doing. It would be that New York hip-hop. Don't you? You're from New York. Why do we sound like Atlanta? up here yeah it's it's uh it's more of a money thing uh i'll be honest because i've seen it with in front of my own eyes you know it's it's all about the money and uh you know the labels are trying to stay afloat especially in this digital age of you know people being able to make it independently so the labels kind of got the monopoly over the hot 97s and the power 105s but you know i plan to break through that barrier and i plan to whether it's this year or the next year or in 5 years 10 years i plan to have my music and just more shit like me playing on there just trying to push through and break that barrier but you know it's just a lot of people trying to get a bag and, you know, everybody needs money and they want money to feed their family. But at the same time, you know, you see people go from being right next to the legends to kind of just bringing people up that are and I, talentless in a way. 
I agree. And uh, yeah, I feel like it just needs to change, like open up another lane, you know? Michael Rappaport's someone that's heavy as a supporter of yours, and he posted one of your videos. We all know why, because you told him one day Michael Rappaport's going to make my documentary, and all of a sudden you're in class, your phone is blowing up, you go to lunch, and all of a sudden he reposted your video, and you hit 20,000 followers on Instagram. Michael Rappaport, man, that's the man right there. And uh, that saved my life. I'm going to be honest. Like A lot of times I say he changed my life. The guy saved my life. He saved my life. I was going through it. I was having a hard time. And he saved my life. And and he came in at the perfect time, really. But uh, he's done so much for me. And he's been so nice to me. He gets a lot of hate. You know what I mean? Because he's not afraid to speak what's on his mind. And a lot of people don't like that. And, you know, people are diehard fans of the people that he goes at. So I guess I get it. But it's like, at the end of the day, he's a good man. He's a good guy. Uh, He's got his shit together for real. Um, Very talented actor. Very funny comedian. His podcast is great. And just his love for hip hop, which doesn't get shown too often, to the general public like he loves real hip-hop and if you're a real hip-hop head and you don't rock with michael rapport like i'm telling you he supports it and and it's not even only me like my boy king spills mm-hmm. we kind of came up off of the same like uh instagram page type thing called cypher circuit mm-hmm. um king spills like he posts him too he'll post a he'll, he'll just post whatever he feels is dope and he's one of the only guys that really still does that to this day you know, without, without having to be paid, without having to be, you know, having something in it for him. He just wants to see people succeed. And he's one of the last real ones out here. So what he did for me changed my life and saved my life. And I owe it all to him for real. He's a good dude. He cares about the real hip hop. He brought you out to one of his comedy shows too. Yeah. Uh, that night I met uh tech from Smith and Wesson too. And I, I have a good friendship with him now. And it, it's a, it was a very good night. And I'm just the fact that he brought me out, you know, that alone is 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 amazing and, and such a good thing of him to do. But he's done so much for me for real. And, and, and I'm indebted to him forever. Like, I love that guy for real. Yeah, 100 percent. I'm glad that he did that. It's a true blessing. Has there been any major old school hip hop heads that invited you to any events? Um, Vanilla Ice brought me out to perform at a. Radio City, the same night as Slick Rick and Biz Markey, rest in peace. You know, I've, I've done shows with uh, Black Moon and Smith & Wesson for Duck Down, so that's happened. I've done shows, uh, you know, just with Smith & Wesson at, uh, in, in uh, no, it wasn't Brownsville, Bed-Stuy. Uh, a lot of stuff like that, you know, guys, guys will have me come out and do my thing, but you know, lately with the COVID thing, things have been a little dry. It's getting better for sure. God bless. I'm so happy that performances are coming back. But, you know, it was happening a lot more before COVID. COVID really threw me off. But finally starting to get back up on a horse and, and ride. And I'm doing my thing once again. So it's good. But, yeah, a lot of guys like that always show love. COVID, I know you say it threw, it, threw you off. But was there anything positive you could take away from this period at all? Oh, I... I I think it, it brought me closer with my family like right after the quarantine was over because just being able to see them and hug them, you know, it was just such a blessing. And I feel like 
we all kind of forgot about a little bit, you know, how, how hard it was to not be with our families. But I mean, the death of my grandfather also was very hard on all of us. He didn't die from COVID. Answer. And, uh, you know, it's just, we, we were very, we loved him so much and we were very heartbroken over that. And it just brought us all closer. I feel like, and, and I love my family, but we had, we definitely had a hard time during COVID and during uh, the quarantine. I'm just glad that the quarantine is over first and foremost, and it's been over for a long time, but God bless. And uh, glad that things are starting to get back to normal over here for real. Thank God. I can't wait till things really get back to normal here where we don't have to wear masks anymore. And we don't have to worry about catching this thing. It's, it's insane. I mean, I just want it to end. It's been three yeah. years. I mean, let's go. You know what I mean? I want, I want to live normal again. Yeah. Like people right. Yeah. People write on Instagram all the time. The world ended in 2019. It makes <laughs> me laugh. But like it did. Because <laughs> it did. <laughs> It really did. It's insane. But I, I'm hoping that by the end of this year or next year, the pandemic is over with. But 12 years old was when you, you attended your cypher. How did you get involved with these cypher, especially being so young? Cypher Circuit was a underground hip hop platform uh, on Instagram where they would like post beats and rappers would drop 16s uh, every week to those beats. They would get featured on their podcast. And then they, once in a while, they would do shows in Philly like ciphers like that. So those two first ciphers that you'll see when I'm like 11 and 12, those happened when like from those guys cipher circuit. And it's not a thing anymore, but you know, I actually really wish it was cuz uh you know, it, it kept the community together of just real hip hop and whether people were going to make it or not or people were just doing it as hobbies, you know, it just it it's like a what if type thing for a lot of people where they wanted to be a part of the culture so much and they had people support their music people to collab with and it was a great thing and i hope somebody does something like that once again that that has the effect that that did uh not a lot of people know about it it was a very underground thing and it ended years ago but uh that also taught me to stay consistent so i i owe it all to cypher circuit too for sure something i could say about you that i respect is that they say a lot of battle rappers and rappers who do a lot of ciphers can't make songs. You can make songs. I can tell you that right now, just by listening to your two EPs. So you broke that barrier and you didn't want to go into that. America's got talent nonsense and be marketed and stereotyped as the, just this person who was just, who won the talent show at that big show on TV. You wanted to take this seriously and, and take it the hard way. And that's important. And that's, what's going to get you the most respect in the end. I, listen, a lot of people, like, you know, when they don't know me and know what I'm about, like, they just see a white kid and they try and make it like I'm a culture vulture. But oh, like, please. Really, really, I'd be dead if it wasn't for hip-hop. And, like, this this culture, it it saved me and, and it gave me an outlet in my life and it allowed me to, you know, pull myself out of a very dark place. And just all of my idols are all people from this culture. So it's like... You know, if there's anybody that's not a culture vulture in this industry, it's me. I'm not about, you know, I'm not in it. I, of course, I want to get rich. Everybody wants to get rich. But, like, I, I didn't come into this game to get rich. I didn't come into this game for any reason except the fact that I loved it so much. So, you know. It's like the Eminem comparison to the other 
person from Detroit who goes by the name of Kid Rock. Eminem stayed in hip hop. Kid Rock came in and profited off of the hip hop and urban scene. And then he left and he's doing whatever yeah. he's doing now, please. It, but that's what you, you're doing. And that's that's good. You care about it. you. You could tell by the mirror, the, the music and what you do on Instagram and your freestyles. You're, you're for the hip hop culture. The vultures, on the yeah. other hand, are what you hear played on Hot 97, my yeah. friend. <laughs> Those I mean, vultures. Yeah, Eminem's one of my favorite rappers ever. But also, like, another thing I hate is when, like, I mean, when somebody goes, yo, a young Eminem, like, I like that. That's dope. Like, I appreciate it. That's a compliment. He's great. He's one of my favorites ever. But I don't rap like Eminem at all. No. He's one of my biggest, he, he's helped me through a lot of his music, you know, like, he, like cleaning out my closet when I'm gone. Uh, legacy, songs like that really helped me get through my childhood. Uh, and in that way, he was one of the most inspiring people to me, but he inspired me as a person. As a hip hop artist, I love his music and I would study his stuff when I'm kind of like trying to figure out my cadences when I'm going fast uh, or when I'm trying to tell like a sad story. But I mean, in my flow, it's, it's more Nas, Big L, Pun. You know, those are those are the guys that really inspired me, like spitting wise. So it's like I don't rap like Eminem. A lot of white guys just get that comparison right away. But if there was any white guy that kind of, I guess I rap like his Logic. But even that, I didn't find out about Logic until like two years into me rapping. So it's like me and Logic are inspired from the same people. But I would, I, he inspires me now. He's so dope. But it's like, I, that wasn't a, like a founding father of my flow. Like that's not what I got it from. So, you know, a lot of people just try and take that thing and run with it. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm, I'm a student of the game. I love the hip hop culture. Like it was a family member. You know what I mean? Like it, it's in my blood. And uh, I will love it forever and I'm never giving up on it and I'm never going to let it go or let myself, you know, not see clearly. I'm going to stay true. That's important. And we need more people out here like yourself because that's you, you're preserving the real hip hop out here. And then you inspire the next generation that comes up, especially you being 17 years old. I was in your same shoes once. I was the only one in my age group listening to Jizza and all these classic albums, Liquid Swords, Return to the yeah. 36 Chambers, and everyone else was bumping Migos. I wasn't bumping that. So yeah. that's how I was in high school. And Migos is cool at parties, you know what I mean? I've been to a lot of parties where uh, Motorsport and the uh, Walk It Like I Talk It had me going crazy. But uh, I never listened to it, really. Uh, a lot of people that that set me apart from a lot of people, but you know, I'm also, I surround myself with people with good music taste nowadays too. So that's a good thing also. That's the way to do it, man. A hundred percent. But do you have a lot on the way here? I did re read online that you plan on staying independent. Is there a dream label that you would love to sign someday? Some people always quote, they want to sign to Rock Nation. They want to sign to this label. Is there a label that's up there for you that would be a dream scenario? I used to say, yeah. But, you know, you hear stories. And uh, it would be more I would want uh, to work with the people that run the labels rather than be a part of them, actually. And, you know, if a crazy offer that fits my fits my like requirements and my needs 
to me owning my music that will put me in the in the right place like of course i would sign that deal i'm not against that but i'm, I'm not selling my soul i'm not selling the the rights to my music i'm not you know i, I don't want to be screwed and a lot of people just they see a, a huge number and they just sign and it's not smart to do that and i from the very beginning i always said until the right deal comes along i won't be signing deals Good people do you. you know when i was younger a lot of people came at me uh but at the end of the day you know what i'm gonna get shelved i don't want to get shelved no I'd i don't blame you i'm thinking but i mean look, i'm not against it it's kind of like i just got out of a relationship i'm not trying to get into another one but if the right one comes along then i'm with it you know what i mean it's 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 the same type of thing for me yeah Against it, I'm not a fuck love type person. I'm not a fuck labels type of person. But at the end of the day, I'm not out here searching. You got to protect your neck. Mm. Word up. You got that right, man. You've come a long way since writing your first song, DMX Party Up. Yeah. That was the first beat that you wrote to. Yeah, you really did your research, bro. Hell yeah. I, I was at my, my this kid's birthday party that I grew up with. And... uh I was just like, yo, let me get the mic. And they put that beat on. I didn't even write it to that beat. They just had that beat thrown on. I was like, okay, I can rock with this. DMX too, one of my biggest inspirations, you know. Uh, and I didn't really talk about it ever. Uh, but he was, he always, you know, whenever I wanted to go hard, I would just listen to him all day and then I would write something. It's Dark and Hell is Hot, Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood. Two classic albums dropped in one year. Save Def Jam's ass. Yeah, he's a man. He'll he'll live forever. One of the and greatest. when I, started, I I had COVID when he passed, and I was just stuck in my room, couldn't really leave anywhere, and uh, I was going down the rabbit hole of DMX videos. I saw that video of him at Woodstock '99, and I started crying, like when he was going oh, and the whole crowd was just like responding to him, and they loved him. You know, like, and you could see the look in his eyes and it looked like he, the whole world was in front of him. And like, we just saw how legendary he really was. And he made a lot of people's childhoods and he, he made a lot of people's lives like better just by creating that type of music that if you wanted hard, he had hard. If you wanted smooth, he had smooth. If you wanted storytelling, he had that. If you wanted that party shit that you just went crazy to, he had it. He had it all. He was a man and, uh, he, he, he lives with me forever, inspiration-wise. One of the greatest to ever do it. One of, the, one of the unique MCs out there. Like you said, he's got everything for you. Yeah. Insane. Sure. It, was, it was a tragic loss that we lost. And we lost a lot of hip-hop legends in the past two years between Bismarck Key. Then you have the whole digital underground with Shock G dying. Crazy. Yeah, we very, very sad. MF Doom. MF Doom was big. I'm trying to think about who else. Sad that we got to sit here and think about it, right? Yeah. <laughs> we lost too many real hip-hop warriors out here. And, and and I think that's what you're aspiring to be as a real hip-hop warrior, someone that's going to be on that stage like DMX, drawing crowds like that, drawing that real authentic love. Your father's name is Darren. Your name is Danny. So that's how you got the little D because it was big D, yeah. little D around the house. 
as a person and just someone in this industry, do you want to be respected as Lil D or Danny James? Because DMC, if you if you've done your research on DMC, Daryl McDaniels, he was someone that struggled with that. He's like, I'm only known for being DMC. I want to be known as Daryl McDaniels, the kid from Queens. You have that struggle between both sides of your personality. I don't I want to conjoin them. That's what I want to do. Uh, sometimes I have a hard time doing that. It's more like a Clark Kent Superman thing. I would like to be Superman all the time. Uh, sometimes it's hard to do that when you have to go to school uh, and you have to surround yourself with things that don't necessarily want to be around. Uh, but that's more of my struggle, just kind of just bringing them together to get a happy medium where like, I could feel good all day about it. Like, I want that high of being on stage all day throughout my life. So, I, I mean, I've, I've gotten a lot better at that, too, uh, over the years. But that's something that I definitely want. But you know what? My thing was always not Danny James, but Daniel. Never got no love. Never got no respect. You know, people always kind of shit on that side of me when I was younger. And it was like, there was no love. There was no support. There was nobody by my side that wasn't blood related to me, except my guy Lavelle, shout out Lavelle. Uh, it was a struggle. And, uh, you know, it was never no love, never no respect at all. And then when I came up with Little D, it was like a different person that got a completely different group of people like the cypher circuit guys I was telling you, my fans on Instagram, the people backstage at the shows I was doing, uh, you know, the, the Instagram community, the fan base, the YouTube community, just all the love that I was getting from there, it was like dope, but it was two different people. And if anything, I would say that Danny is the middle ground and Danny, I used to not let anybody call me Danny at all. Uh, my grandfather, like not the one that recently passed, the one that I don't ever really speak about. My, my grandpa Arnie on my dad's side of the family, mm. he used to call me that. And I would never let anybody call me that, except I let one teacher in middle school call me that because she said it one day. And at first I didn't want to like kind of be disrespectful because she was a little scary. But me and her, me and her grew to have a really nice relationship and she became special enough in my life where I let her say that. But, you know, when I wanted to change my image a little bit, you know, and kind of combine Daniel and Lil D together, I was on a cruise and just somebody called me Danny and I was like, all right, this is where it's going to start right now. And uh, came back to school and I was, I met a new group of friends and what's your name? Danny. Now, teachers, oh, do you have a nickname? I write down on the sheet, Danny. And uh, now it's at a point where nobody calls me Daniel ever, except people that knew me back then. But the people that knew me back then, I have no interest in talking to most of them. You know what I mean? But if anything, you know, I've just been working on finding that happy medium in Danny. And it might sound crazy to somebody who doesn't understand, you know, having different sides of yourself, struggling, trying to bring it all together. But... You know, I feel like I've gotten farther with it than I, I ever did in my entire life. And just reinventing myself and becoming better at not only just being a rapper, because I've done a pretty good job at that, but just as a person dealing with things, you know, I, 
Danny is is the key to it. I'm glad that you expressed that, man. I think that's important, especially for rappers, because they struggle with their personalities. And they, at the end of the day, they want to feel as though that they're comfortable in their own personal space and open up and being themselves. Yeah. And I think you, you're fine in that way. Dude, it's crazy because it's like sometimes, you know, before a show, I'll like look at myself in the mirror and I'll just like be a, just a regular Clark Kent and then I'll step on stage and I'll be Superman and that shit like beating the crap out of Lex Luthor and then get off stage and I leave the venue and I go to sleep and I wake up the next day and it's black, back to the Daily Planet, you know? Yeah. But uh, it, a lot of people, rappers, actors, comedians, radio personality they always a lot of people have that same issue where they just have problems being comfortable in their own skin uh, and I've gotten through a lot, tons of insecurities you know and I've, I've learned to really just start loving myself and ha- being surrounded finally by a, a good group of people and, you know always just having the support of my family and having the support of my fans and not overlooking that it's, it's helped me a lot for sure but you know I just, I'd advise anybody out there having that same problem to try not to be too hard on yourself because, you know, my dad always used to say to me, it's just not your time. The time will come. You can't force it. It's going to happen on its own when it comes together. And even when it starts to come together, it's not going to just be like that. It's going to take a while. And it hasn't even fully happened for me yet because I'm still just trying to get used to everything. But if you're having a problem, you know, and you're, you do one thing and you feel like a superpower from it, and then you have to go back to your regular life, your school, your job, whatever you have going on, your family, and, and there's like separate and you want to make it all one and, and have a middle ground, I would just say to not stress it too much. Work on yourself. Do anything you can to just make you feel better about yourself, whether that's working out or, you know, just kind of trying to, to cope with whatever depressions or anxieties you have. Just just work on yourself. Don't worry about anybody else. And by working on yourself, you're going to learn to not have to worry about anybody else. And eventually these things will come. And it'll take a while, but it'll come. You know what I mean? You got that right. right. At your time. And that's something I always wanted to say. So it's like, just just focus on yourself, you know, and uh, don't, don't beat yourself up too much about it. 17 years old. And he's got all these fans out here, man. When was it that you realized at a performance that, wow, I really got fans and how are you dealing with the fame with having fans? Uh, like radio city, um, SOBs also those two shows kind of just really woke me up. And like, if you look back at the videos, like I was like loving it, you know, and now people, Oh, it's a funny thing. I was on a date the other day and like a bunch of like seventh graders ran up to me and like came and took pictures with me and shit. It was, it was dope. But it happens a lot. You know, it's happened to me like jet skiing in Bermuda, driving around in Rhode Island, you know, just going places. And, and as time goes on, it just increases more and more and more. But I'm, I'm probably going to regret this, but I can't wait till the day that I walk outside my house and have people swarm my car and <laughs> like, like Toby Maguire and yell at people to stop flashing the lights on my windshield. You know, I, I can't wait for that. And it's like, when you, 
when you see like just complete strangers love you for what you're doing, it has this way of just making you happy. And I haven't lost that still to this day. You know, people started to come up to me when I was 11 uh, as fans, but now it happens a lot more. But as it happens more with a lot of things, the excitement of it fades. But you know what? Whenever I see it, like I could be having the worst day. If somebody will come up to me and, and dap me up and just keep doing what you're doing or yell my name or come up and take a picture with me, you know, it makes my whole day. Mm-hmm. Because I always wanted to be in the place that I am right now. But, you know, I'm also ready for the for the swarm. That's right. Triumph like the bees. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. The killer bees, man. That's coming, but you already you have the support of Method Man, Red Man, Michael Rappaport, Big Daddy Kane. Besides that, who was someone that shocked you that was a fan of what you're doing out here? Benny the Butcher, when we met, showed me a lot of love. He sat with me for an hour and gave me advice. Uh, Vanilla Ice, Bismarcky, you know, Slick Rick. Uh, I didn't get to speak to him like about it, but his boy came over to me after the show and said, yo, just letting you know, Rick loved it. And he said to keep doing what you're doing and never stop. There's been a lot of moments like that with a lot of different people. There's like so many, there's so many, I can't even, you know, there's just, it's been a lot of like dope people that I've looked up to over the course of my life that have showed me love. And and it's a great feeling, you know, but there's so many people behind me that support me and I appreciate every single one of them. That's big. You're doing great things out here, especially for hip hop. I appreciate what you're doing. You you're back on your boom bap stuff. Uh, I appreciate that you're getting back to that and just what you've done this far and you're preserving the real hip hop. Anything else that you want to mention that you're, that you have on the way here? Anything? Uh, you know what? Just, uh, if you're not in tune with me, I guarantee you, no matter what you like, if you like real hip hop, like boom bap shit, or if you like more of the new style stuff, you know, you'll dig something that I did, something that I dropped, something that I put out. Check me out. You know, follow me on Instagram, Lil D Raps, TikTok, Lil D Raps, uh, YouTube, Lil D Raps, L I L D E E R A P S. Uh, and on Spotify and Apple Music, title, wherever you get your music, it's just Lil D, L I L D E E. Check me out. I guarantee you there's something on there for you. And uh, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to, Stay consistent this year and really get back on my grind. But, you know, I got singles coming, features coming, shows coming, anything possible that I could do, I got it coming. So check me out, show some love. Let me know what you think. Much love to everybody out there listening. Coney Montana, Lil Maddox, those still in the works? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) I mean, I want them to be. It's Those are just like personality things, you know. At the beginning, I wanted Lil Maddox so bad, but then they call me Danny James came along and just calling that Lil Maddox would have, in a way, been disrespectful because I wanted to be like, if I ever do do a Lil Maddox, it'll be half boom bap, half kind of like new, like trap type stuff, you know, like how we do, stuff like that. Um, Cody Montana, I wanted that to be the album, you know, after... They Call Me Danny James, which was going to have a, like a very like, you know, like mob movie impact on it. Uh, also got really inspired by my guy, The Truth and Frank B, their album Bad Fellas that made me really want to do that. And I have a song in the archives called Coney Montana that's really dope. 
Uh, I don't know if I'll ever be releasing that. Uh, I would love to. I just don't. I want to stay on my boom bap shit right now. I don't want to st- like stray away from it. But, you know, these projects could definitely come up in the future. I just don't want to release a debut album uh, until I have the world, the world, the world listening. listening. So I'm going to wait till that happens. But uh, I don't know if it'll be Coney Montana. I don't know if it'll be Lil Matic. I don't know if it'll be Chairman of the Boardwalk. I don't know. It could be anything. You know what I mean? Uh, just whatever's going on in my life at that time. But I hope I have a chance to do all those projects and really execute the dreams that I have for those because but you know that's also going to come with me learning how to produce so I'm looking forward I mean, to that I just I'm, I I have singles coming I got music coming stay tuned stay tuned yeah, you got a lot on the way here I'm looking forward to it congratulations on everything you've achieved this far between establishing establishing your own brand getting accepted to LIU that's going to be a major step in your career especially becoming a producer we're going to look forward to seeing your journey here, man. I want to thank you for coming on the show. I got your music in the rotation. ADHD is one of my favorite tracks from you, probably my Thanks. top one. Keep doing what you're doing out here, man. And when you're ready to release something, you're always welcome on the show to come back on and talk. No about doubt, it. man. Yeah, when I release something, I'll come back up, bro. I, look, anybody and just anybody out there, you know, no matter what you're doing, if you're doing interviews, I, look, I don't care who you've interviewed. I'll do interviews. With, with anybody, really, because just, just to sit and talk about, you know, the culture and the music and to be able to kind of just talk more about me, because I feel like people don't really get to see the side of me. They just see the music, the bars, the work. It's just I, I, I always love doing that. And, and with everything else, you know, it's kind of become a thing where, like, I have some sort of, like, status with it but no matter what you're doing i will i will gladly come on an interview with anybody out there so shout out to anybody doing this you know spreading love to hip-hop and you know yeah no thanks for having me though bro and, and i'll definitely come back up and, and i'll hit you up when I'm, i got something coming so for sure good. man well we'll be we'll be staying in touch and keeping it locked man i want you to enjoy the rest of your night stay safe and you too bro and we'll we'll, we'll chat later all right Hey, man. Catch you later. Yo, much love. Catch you later, man. Much love to you, too, man. Peace, man.